Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast. This is Bottled in China, the podcast that talks about wine, food, beer, cocktails, even, and everything happening halfway around the world. I'm your host, Emily Steckenborn, and today I'm joined with Macarena, who's the chief mixologist for Shangri La Hotels, one of the top hotels across China, and she looks over the 1515 West out here in Xi'an Temple. I'm really excited about this podcast because we're actually taking a little bit of a different angle and also talking about women leadership as a A mixologist, kind of how she's bringing that into the Shanghai scene and her background, as well as what she suggests to do if you want to be one of the top people in the bar scene anywhere in the world, but especially here in China. Super excited to get this one started and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions, drop me an email and super excited to hear from everyone. Thanks so much. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Bottled in China. Today I'm joined with Chief Mixologist Macarena. So, welcome to the episode. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. And today it's actually really interesting because we're going to talk a little bit about women bartending.、Uh, we're going to talk about awesome experiences in China and probably all over the world from、mm-hmm. your end. And yeah, I can't wait to get started. Awesome. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're originally from Puerto Rico. That's right. Well, born in Chile, but raised in Puerto Rico for as long as I can remember. And tell me about how you got to China. Well, it involved a plane, not United, thankfully. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, I, I was recruited somebody in the corporate offices. They wanted somebody different who'd worked in five star hotels that had mixology experience. So somehow my name popped up in China, <laughs> and they called me and brought me over. So, were you kind of shocked when you got? Because you're now with, at the moment, you're with Shangri La, right、yes. here in China. Were you kind of shocked when they asked you to come to China?、Uh, very. <laughs> <laughs> But you did it. You're here. Yes, yes. I, I, I honestly, no hesitation. I was very flattered that they had even heard of me in China, and that they wanted me here. I mean, it was definitely an experience that I was looking forward to. So, so how long have you been in China right now? It's been a year. It, last March was my anniversary. So. Okay. Year one month. <laughs> so how did you get started? I mean, now you're the chief mixologist. You're also, you know, bar manager, etc. How did you get started in making cocktails and really finding out that that's your passion? Well, I think、I、can say that I have a true passion for research and sampling the spirits. Um. <laughs> Wait, does that just mean going to bars every evening? Yes, <laughs> it still works. That's how it starts. You know, you have to develop your palate and、uh, kind of see what works for you. But、um, but no, seriously, I I took some mixology classes very early on when I was working as HR in HR. So I have an HR background,、really? <laughs> which not a lot of people know. But I, I took this class, and it was really fun. It was really interesting. I thought I would use it maybe when I was hosting parties at home. When I was doing grad school, I started working as a bartender. Okay. I told them I was super prepared. You know, I took <laughs> taken all of these courses, and back then, not a lot of people had a, a certification、uh, for mixology or bartending. So they were like, "That's awesome! She's so qualified." Never worked in a bar before. Oh no!、Uh, <laughs> but that's always like that, right? <laughs> Whenever you have so many certifications, you actually haven't done the groundwork all the time. Exactly. Like you've done very much all the little steps. Okay. Yeah. So I started like that in a in a, a franchise restaurant. And ended up working in hotels, and I really, really loved it. And、uh, once I graduated from my master's, I stayed in hotels. <laughs> I,、right. I used my degree very little. I mean, I guess use it for every day. Yeah, definitely now, probably. Yes, yes. 
But um, for my master's, I, I studied economics. So Okay. So you, kind of, <laughs> you kind of have a really diverse background. Yes. But now do you feel like doing drinks and mixology is really your passion? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always saw myself as working in a field that would let me travel the world and meet different people. And I think that's part of my, I guess, personality. I, I look for different things all the time. I get bored easily. So I have to be traveling and meeting people. And, and this line of work definitely affords you that. And it's also one that's absolutely rewarding. And, you know, not a lot of people see that in the sense that they, they haven't experienced it. But but having people come to celebrate to your bar or your restaurant and have a meal and, and enjoy their cocktails, it's very rewarding when you can give somebody that experience. I think that's something that's addictive. And <laughs> yeah. that's one of the reasons why I don't think I'll ever leave this line of work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so tell me about your experience in terms of making cocktails here in China. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that when you came to China about one year ago now, what was the, your first impression with the bar scene? I felt that there were a few very, very good places. There are definitely some very, very qualified mixologists and bartenders here. In general, the scene was very green, but very thirsty for knowledge and, <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but, you know... <laughs> But yes, uh, very curious and very willing to learn about what this whole cocktail scene and cocktail movement was. So definitely not a culture per se of cocktail lovers, but it's it's been growing so quickly and exponentially. It's like the Wild West. You know, you come here and, and you build something and it picks up so quickly and people are very interested in it. You know, they're at the beginning you know, they just come and take pictures of the drinks, but now they're understanding the, the differences between different spirits and what they like and what they don't like. So it's been amazing. It's been an amazing experience. Wow. And so you're really active in the entire bartending community here in Shanghai, although you've really just arrived in, within the year. But, you know, for yourself, when you look at the cocktail list going around China, do you feel that they're very, of course, they're very international, mm-hmm. but do you think that they need more cocktails that are kind of Chinese inspired? Do you feel that it's very, you know, you can get a lot of the same cocktails in New York, same thing in San Francisco. Do you feel that China has its own identity in cocktails or do you feel that we're kind of copying something from, from overseas? I think initially people are more comfortable copying, but I think they're definitely building that identity. Okay. And you're starting to see more and more local ingredients like baijiu, like uh, certain spices, uh, certain fruit that are, that are local here being included in drinks and drink lists around different bars. And that comes with more experience, of course. So you have mixologists, and a lot of them uh, have worked, for example, in London, and, and they've lived abroad. So they bring that experience of what they know, mm-hmm. which are the classics, or and then and they bring that here and introduce that. And once that starts to pick up, they're more comfortable with introducing those ingredients. And, and that's what I've seen. Now they're getting more creative mm-hmm. and, and more comfortable, and they're introducing these ingredients. And definitely the local population as well as like visitors, travelers, expats, they, they look for that experience because you can have a Negroni anywhere in the world. But if you introduce like a Chinese chili or, you know what yeah. I mean, like a different <laughs> twist on it, then, then that's something memorable and that's something that they'll talk about abroad. And that's what they're looking for at the end of the day, not another classic Negroni. They can have that anywhere. Yeah. Have you ever used Baijiu talking about it? Like, do you use that in some of your cocktails? That's still a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> we usually played around with it and yes, tried things out. Yes, That is one ingredient that is very hard to master and include that really? in a classic cocktail. Yeah. It's, it's a very strong spirit, but I would use it as maybe I would use a mezcal. has some very dry properties that pair very well with citrus. 
and it can be downplayed or upplayed. It can be infused. So that's definitely something that can uh, that can be used in the future. I think in my cocktail program. And what about now using all these different spices, as you mentioned in China? Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you played around with that too? Definitely. A spirit that I'm more comfortable using is obviously rum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I played with that. Um, we do uh, infuse uh, one for one of our cocktails. We infuse rum with a traditional the Chinese five spices. Okay. So and, and how does that work out? Like, what do you feel comes out of it, and what do you mix it with in a cocktail? We use it for a cocktail called pumpkin spice and everything nice. <laughs> and if you've ever gone to Starbucks and had a spice latte, that's what it tastes like. Really? Um, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, kind of a desserty drink. And one thing that I found in China is that the palate uh, here for locals they really like sweet things, especially ladies. It's very interesting how how drinks are t- so genderized here. You know, even for spirits, normally women will will not drink whiskey. Or they like a little bit of a lighter drink, maybe more fruit fl- flavors, and and they look for more visual things and drinks than men. So this I made this drink with women in mind, and uh, so it uses this spiced rum, mm-hmm. and we also use pumpkin puree. <laughs> we use uh, cinnamon syrup, and uh, we make our own whipped cream with pumpkin and cinnamon, and we top it with that. Wow. Okay. So it definitely is a little bit of a. An enjoyable sweet treat. It is. It is. Uh, it's definitely an after-dinner drink. Or, you know, if you want a sweet treat, it's, you can have that. Um, yeah. That's one of the way. And, and the way you infuse uh, the rum is you just let the ingredients sit there in the rum for, depends, you can taste test. Yeah. Depends on the temperature. And usually also. you're, you're going to keep that for how long? Depending on the temperature, the outside temperature, room temperature. Uh, it can be two weeks. It can be one month. Or you can accelerate the process by using a siphon. Yeah. And you put them all in a siphon and you use pressure okay. to bring out the flavors into the spirit. Okay. Um, and that can take hours or overnight. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's not too bad, though. No, no, Do you no. actually see that? Because I know that, let's say, in the wine industry, people always say, well, red wine's for men and white wine's for women. And just like you were saying, this is kind of like a drink in mind for women. But I see it just happen so much in China where people give you the menu, say, well, you're a woman, so you should like this sweet drink. Right. Right. So do you actually feel that people coming to your bar, it really is the case? Or is that something that people tell themselves and it's just, it's kind of, they just say that? Well, I mean, gender is a cultural construct. So wherever you go in the world, you know, they will tell you pink is for girls, blue is for boys. And especially here. Now, you do have to take into consideration those cultural nuances when you're making a menu. Mm -hmm. When I first came here, at least for me in in Puerto Rico and in the States, women drink whiskey, a lot of bourbon. Like we will drink anything. We drink a lot. <laughs> so for me, when I made the first menu, my boss was like, this is not going to work. And I was like, really? what? These drinks are awesome. What are you talking about? So did you have to shift your menu for I China? Did. I did. So what was, like, let's say if I look at an American menu, what would be the difference between an American menu mm-hmm. and a Chinese menu that works here in China? American menu, you just have a standard set of cocktails. And men and women will order with the same frequency from that menu, the same cocktails. More, you know, kind of approximately, where a lady can order an old-fashioned, she can order a Negroni, she can order a Rob Roy, she can order a Manhattan. Whereas here, as soon as a lady hears that a a cocktail is spirit-forward or that it's whiskey-based, they will generally tend not to order it because they feel it's a little too high in alcohol per volume or, you know, they want a, a little bit of a lighter drink. So they will prefer things with fruit juices, maybe with gin, lighter spirits, so what I took that into consideration with making when making my new menu, mm-hmm. but I also like to get them to try new things. Yeah. So 
uh, in my previous menu, I had a, at least one or two whiskey cocktails that were pink. Okay, so just to try <laughs> to get people to, to try it out. Right, definitely. So sometimes I would suggest a cocktail and not tell them what spirit was in there, and they would try it. They would love it. It had flower garnishes, and they were all about it, and they were taking pictures, and they were like, wait, what's in this? <laughs> and then you tell them it's whiskey, and they're like, oh... Maybe I can drink whiskey. Okay. You know, it's not that bad. It's not too heavy. It was actually really light. And so part of it is educating the public about what cocktails are about and, and what different flavors you can mix with every spirit, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily because it's whiskey is going to be heavy. So that's been a challenge, uh, definitely. But it's something that I really enjoyed just being able to introduce new things to women and also men. You know, I have them drinking pink cocktails too now. There you so, go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, I've had my own little revolution in okay. gender cocktails here. And what's like the most famous cocktail that you've made, you know, out where you're working right now in China, which is the Shangri-La, which is the one that you really stand out for? I think that the one that has received the most attention is one that has a very elaborate presentation. And it's been very, very popular in social media. And it's called Down the Rabbit Hole. Okay. It's something that I had been working on for a while. It hadn't come together yet. And then I, I was reading about color-changing cocktails. And I decided to introduce it and kind of pair it with that down-the-rabbit-hole Alice in Wonderland kind of magical experience. So the presentation is very elaborate. It has uh, definitely a vial that says, drink me, and you add that into the cocktail, and the cocktail changes color. In the vial, you have butterfly PT, uh, which is a tea. That changes color. Okay. Uh, with, yes, yeah, so it changes in pH. So yeah. uh, when you add it to the base of the cocktail, it has lemon juice in there. So it goes from like purple to pink. And everyone loves that. I mean, women and men, they'll order that cocktail. <laughs> so it's <laughs> transcend the gender barriers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I infuse gin with that and I put in the little vial. And then you have, you know, it's served in a, a mirrored tray with a copy of Us in Wonderland book. That's um, so cool. And you have the little watch for the rabbit. You know, he's running around with his little yeah. watch. So, so it really takes you there. Um, and then it has kind of like that interaction with the guest where they play with the cocktail. It's interactive. So, so it's very memorable in that sense. And, and I never realized the impact that something like that could have where they're part of making the cocktail in some yeah. way and you evolve them in that way. But also the presentation. So people just come to the bar and show me the picture. They're like, we want this. We saw this online and we want this. I'm like, wow, <laughs> the power of social media. <laughs> Isn't that great? But that's exactly what a bar should be and it stands out for it. Because I think knowing you, you're really, really out to connect with all your guests. You Definitely. always do such a great, great job. Oh. But also, yeah, allowing them to make a little bit and see the change and kind of, especially when you're with friends, right? Mm -hmm. It really is the entire story. And I think that's why people do go back. It's just the experience and also the service that you provide and everything. So, definitely. yeah, I think it's definitely the cocktails that you can see, like kind of that are much more artistic, are really mm -hmm. taking off even in Shanghai. Definitely. Right? They're not just, they don't just want something to gambe. They definitely want to have the entire experience with it. Exactly. It's and so it's cool. understanding what creates that experience and cross-culturally because maybe if I did that back in the States, I'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, really? <laughs> like, Do you think? Do you feel like Um that? Yes. Yes. How so, though? I don't know that that would work so well. 
from what I've experienced in New York, Puerto Rico, people are turned off by gimmicky things. Yeah. You know, they don't want all that frou-frou fluffy stuff. They, they want to know what ingredients are in their cocktail, what technique. I mean, and, and because this was probably done 10, 20 years ago, you know, very yeah. elaborate presentations, very colorful things. So we can't really compare right now um, what's going on in the States as opposed to here because it's a very young culture. So... You have to see what's interesting, what's appealing for a culture that's just started to drink cocktails. Yeah. You know, so maybe they're not that knowledgeable about the ingredients, but they know what they like. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's where you have to start. Even I had a guest from London the other day and, you know, he was telling me like he was reading the menu and he was like, I don't even know what half of these things are. And I just feel silly. So I order a beer. Okay. You know, so that's really interesting to me because you just assume that Westerners are going to get it. And and these are well-traveled people that go to the Shangri-La, you know, it's a five-star hotel. So that was very interesting to me to, to see how I could build a menu in the future mm. that everyone understands and it's accessible and they don't feel, I guess, threatened by it or, or scared to ask questions, you know. Mm-hmm. Because as a mixologist, you just kind of forget that not everybody has the same knowledge as you and maybe it needs to be more accessible. Yeah, I think that's definitely what's happening, especially a lot of bars are trying to compete on the international scene. I mean, there's a couple here in Shanghai that are making drinks that they're really trying to compete against, let's say New York, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But sometimes for the normal consumer that walks in, those are really, really difficult to understand cocktails, right? They're quite sour, Mm -hmm. they're quite strong, they're quite complex. And sometimes a lot of people, when they for the first time go to these bars that you need a little bit of variance, a little bit of those kind of expert cocktails. And then you also need the very little bit sweeter, a little bit more easygoing for most of your consumers, actually. Definitely. And that brings up the question of like, what makes a top 50 bar? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the standard can't be the same as a culture, Western culture like London or New York or France. You know, there's different palettes and there's different tastes. So, so it's really interesting to see now more and more Asian bars popping up in the top 50. And it's definitely a whole different concept because you're catering to a different crowd. Yeah. A different crowd that's just learning about cocktails and, and you have to appeal to that crowd yeah. and grow from that. So I think it's even more challenging mm-hmm. in a way to kind of make yourself known in a place where not everybody goes out for cocktails. And how do you bring them out? What? How do you appeal to that crowd? So, so it's super interesting, Asia, I think. And uh, I don't think I'll be bored with it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think many of us are bored with it. Definitely not. <laughs> so when you came to China, mm-hmm. and even actually even wherever you were, mm-hmm. you know, the bar industry is really much more of a man's playground. So mm-hmm. what do you feel? I mean, being a very strong and really great mixologist, do you feel that the Chinese culture is very accepting of having you as, you know, bar manager and chief mixologist? I have had the best experience in China, to be honest with you. Yep. Mixologists and bar managers here have definitely welcomed me with open arms, super warm, anything you need. And every time I've needed anything, you know, I, I'm in the middle of an event, super busy. I run out of an ingredient. I message the group of mixologists and somebody comes running and brings me something. I mean, Amazing. like that, that, I don't think that it would even happen in Puerto Rico. And we're super cool people, I would like to think. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're usually nice. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, no, but it's been like so heartwarming, really. The level of acceptance and encouragement 
and support. Wow. It's been really, really amazing. That's what even Carlos was saying from Elefante in the in the chef circle in China is that yes, it's competitive, but everyone's always helping each other out. Yes. I find that really, really interesting because in so many different environments, being a chef is really competitive. You yes. don't want to help anybody out. You exactly. Know? <laughs> but you're right. So China actually in the bar scene, people are really, really helpful and really welcomed you into the entire group. Very, very That's crazy. And both expats and locals and that for me at least when I moved here you know expats are very supportive just because we're so far away from home we're kind of our own family here and they've gone through the circles that they know you're going to go through so they try to make it as easy and painless as possible but also you know the local bartenders too you know they're really interested in what knowledge you have and what you can share with them and it's it's mutual. Yeah. So there's this really interesting relationship with local mixologists. And we're always trying to share ideas and techniques. You know, for example, Japanese bartenders, I'm super interested in that. So I'm always asking them questions and picking their brain. And they're doing <laughs> the same with me. Like, oh, you just went to, I don't know, Singapore. What did you learn there? Like, what did you see? And, and you know, we're always, it's, it's a very good dynamic. Very, very cool dynamic. Wow. And how about being like a woman leader? Do you feel that, you know, for me, for just in my example, I really feel that in China, there's not so much of a bad stigma about that I heard that it's really difficult in different markets but I think China is actually very welcoming to women entrepreneurs or women leaders how do you feel I mean working in the hotel and also working in the bar industry which again very Mm -hmm. masculine industry what do you feel well to be honest with you I don't think I've had any major hurdles I think that well I'm also pretty assertive (laughs) so (laughs) that definitely helps So I think that, you know, if you gain people's respect, if you work hard, I mean, it sounds really corny, but if they see that you're a hard worker and you do have the knowledge necessary and that you will be pushed around, I don't think you'd have any issues. I mean, and it's not about being too tough, you know, or or because you can bring more, how do they say, flies with honey than with vinegar? Is that the saying? Or bees? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about flies. Or bees. I think it's bees. Right, or bees. But no, certainly. It, it's you know how learning how to lead a team and how to be gentle yeah. and you know strict at the same time and dealing with suppliers and everything it's you know as long as you're kind and you're friendly but you let them know that you're you won't chain be jerked around either yeah. <laughs> i think it's it's a, if you strike that balance i mean as as an individual anywhere in the world i think you're mm. You're set up for success. What tip do you have for somebody who wants to get into, like a woman who wants to get into being just like you? And what are some of the best advice that you would give her from your career and mm-hmm. your standpoint? Because you've really reached a really big bar in Shanghai, you know, with your recognition, also your status and everything. So what are some of the tips that you'd recommend? Definitely read. Read, 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 read. Um, when I started, read about drinks. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. Um, when I started um, as a bartender, I, I started to hear about this whole thing about mixology and and the knowledge of spirits and everything. And yeah, I knew how to make a margarita, but I didn't really know what tequila was about mm. and all those things. So I just started to read. I started to buy books, go online and read, and and I started to watch videos of all you know these you know, well-renowned bartenders and, and kind of what techniques they were using and what ingredients and we didn't have a classroom where we learned that and, and to this day you might have courses but there's no classroom that will ever teach you that so like with anything in the world that you want to do mm-hmm. whatever it is your passion is you have to push yourself um, you can't wait for somebody to come and take your hand and teach you yeah. you have to take it 
especially if you're a woman, because it is a very male dominated industry, just like we were talking about chefs, you know, the kitchen, it's very male dominated. And there's a lot of similarities actually between kitchens and, and bars now. Mm -hmm. And you have to earn that respect. And one of that one of the ways to earn that respect is being knowledgeable. You know, if you know what you're doing, nobody can push you around. Yeah. And then never, I guess, limit yourself to what you can do by saying that you're a woman. Yeah. So, for example, when I started bartending and, okay, I've been an athlete and <laughs> I'm pretty tall. And I'm assertive. <laughs> but, um, but, but no, but if, if, if a guy would carry a box of beer, I would carry two. Just to be like, you oh, can and do it and I can do more. <laughs> but I can do more than you and I can do it faster and I can do it better and I'm pretty and I will talk to all your guests and steal your tips. <laughs> wow, okay, but no, yeah. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. That's the only way that you will, at the end of the day, be respected. And that's been my approach. Um, one of my very good friends it works in the top 50 bar in the world also from Puerto Rico and she has a very calm nature and she's like mama goose and you know everyone loves her and she's super calm and adorable and and she's one of the top leading bartenders so there's no one like you know there's one no way to do it yeah um but i guess if you're passionate it's it's she works so hard and so do i you know we, we don't sleep a lot we're always at work or researching or trying new things so it has to be your life like with any passion like I said very, a lot of similarities with the kitchen if yeah. you're a chef that's what you do that's your life you're always there and you're reading about new things and traveling and trying and tasting so make it your life whatever you want to do you know those are some really good tips and I think that yours was really good is don't let you know the, the stigma that you are a woman that it's mm -hmm. you know should be different it isn't at the end of the day it really isn't if you're really good at what you do you will surpass anybody right so exactly. that always is quite important exactly. now tell me about talking again about women making cocktails and great uh, great drinks you do a lot of celebrity bar nights right can you tell me about that because you just mentioned that you've you have a new route that you're taking <laughs> yes so one of the things that I think inspires uh, female bartenders is to see another female bartender mm -hmm. one that's uh, at an international level uh, well recognized and um, that's what I wanted to kind of bring to Shanghai Every year for Shangri-La, they do celebrity guest bartender series. Okay. And this year, I wanted to bring female bartenders. Because I am the first bar manager for the Shangri-La group, I wanted to kind of reflect that into the, the bartenders that I'm bringing and maybe even motivate or like inspire some yeah. young female bartenders in China. So yes, yeah, so, so we're bringing four celebrity bartenders and three out of those four are females. Not bad. And so mm -hmm. can I ask who they are or is it a secret? It's not a secret. You can know. <laughs> well, we had one come already in at the end of March mm -hmm. and her name is Ninochka Ganduya. It's one of my friends from Puerto Rico from a Top 50 bar. Mm -hmm. uh, she manages um, Vino, which is one of the outlets in the Top 50 bar. So she brought a little bit of Puerto Rican spice with her. Um, Which you must be so happy about. Oh my God, it was great working with her <laughs> behind the bar. Uh, it was almost like being at home. Aww. I was very happy. I was very happy to have her. The next bartender is Jillian Voss, and she is one of the bar managers for Dead Rabbit, which okay. was in, uh, the number one bar. Yeah. Um, when is that going to be? Cocktail. That's going to be in June. So okay. end of June. Mm -hmm. We're looking at it in June right now, trying to nail those dates down. <laughs> but she's super busy now, so we're trying to... like see when she's uh, available but it looks like end of June is yeah. going, she's going to be here so somebody that I you know I've never personally met but I can't wait for her to be here maybe get to work with her so looking forward to that too and uh, then we have Tess Postumus. Uh she is from Holland 
and hmm. she works at Door 72, which is also a top 50 bar. And she's worked in world class, I'm sorry, competed in world class and been top 10 finalists. So, wow. Very happy to have her too. And she's super young, which is amazing. You know, I'm like, really? wow, somebody so talented that's, you know, she's like 20 something. So, that's great. Yeah. So, it's awesome. I can't wait to meet her too. And then um, we have a gentleman that, that's coming at the end of the season. Oh, wow. We're just not going to mention his name. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's, no. It's a secret. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> Not confirmed yet. So. All right. All right. Well, that one's okay to say it's a yes. secret. Well, listen, actually, we're almost pretty much done. I wanted to shoot a couple questions right before we finish up. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fast, so you have to answer them quickly. Okay. First thing that comes to mind? Favorite bar in Shanghai? My bar. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit biased, but that's fine. Favorite cocktail? Mm, gosh, that really depends. Uh... Depends on my mood, though. What would I drink right now? Probably yeah. a gin and tonic. Well, yeah, because it's sunny. It's yes, sunny, and so it's warm, sunny. so something refreshing, yeah. All right. Favorite spirit to work with? I, it's like asking which is my favorite child. <laughs> Most challenging, I would say, right now for me is tequila, but challenging is fun. Yeah, I would okay. say tequila. And if you had to make a spirit, what spirit would you like to make? To make, like distill it. Yeah. I think gin. Really? Yes. All right. And last one is, how can we contact you? How can we find you and follow your adventures and taste your cocktails? You can definitely email me. My email is makarotger, M-A-C-A-R-O-T-G-E-R at gmail.com. My phone number might be changing soon and my location (laughs) might be changing soon. So I think that is the one way that you can always reach me. Yeah, we're going to probably put your email down. So if you actually have questions, you can email directly. You're going to see it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And in between, honestly, it's such a pleasure to have you here today. I'm inspired. I also want to go try your, (laughs) your drink. Down Please, the rabbit hole. love to have you. Yeah, <laughs> and I really can't wait to see you and see everything that you're going to accomplish. And so excited to see all these women bartenders now coming to Shanghai and leading the way. Yes. And, you know, I can't wait for your new adventure. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Emily.